0: Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. When stress at work can create tensions at home. A couple articles I want to share with you I think that's pretty interesting when it comes to uh, probably our modern society uh, in terms of you taking the workplace home and creating ill will that my very first book strategic money planning is not the right title for it in hindsight i I wanted it to be uh, as an education for people who are having stressful uh, lives to recognize it doesn't have to be like that your financial situation will bring to stress at home which leads to divorce um no other way around it certainly money i mean jesus talks about money heck of a lot more does talks about wayward spouses uh, so we know money can cause huge amounts of stress, huge amounts of stress, which will cause divorce, which will leave young children without their mom or dad at home. That's not good for society, it's not good for the parents, and it's definitely not good for the kids. So let's look at these articles here. Uh, the first one is from the Wall Street Journal uh, just the other day, from, uh, let's see here, Dateline July 26th, yeah, there you go. I thought it came out a little bit, uh, about a week ago, yeah, uh, July 15th, 2009. And then the second one is pretty ironic burnout in the let's see burnout in the is rising in the land of work life balance sweden is famous for championing a light balanced lifestyle but the younger the number of young people being signed off work with serious stress severe stress is mushrooming hmm, interesting huh because sweden is a socialist paradise is it um isn't it no it's not uh the land of the vouchers huh Interesting. All right, so here we go from Susan Schellenberger. If Yeah, Schellen, Schellenbarger. Sue Schellenberger. I think I actually follow her on LinkedIn, which I think is how I came across this. When stress at work creates drama at home, the spillover effect can jeopardize relationships. And here's what you can do if hard times on the job change how you behave during off hours. Work is seeping into weekends and other personal time, and women are logging more hours on the job. The, those trends are turning many couples after work hours into a minefield people who put in long days on stressful jobs tend to carry the strain over into their lives at home they start arguments or withdraw emotionally and neglect their partners after work a pattern researchers called the spillover effect i would actually say uh, i don't know about well i don't know about women i imagine it's probably the same but men in particular get into beer get an alcohol, get a football, and then they want, I just need, I just, this is why the whole thing with these sports going political on this is just stupid. And I look, I'm just speaking on behalf of a man because we watch sports. Women don't watch sports as much. Uh, so what happens is you're stressed at work. You come home on a Saturday and Sunday. The point why it's so addictive because you have no responsibility. You can drink beer, watch football. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it is the escape that men need. And when ESPN and all these other idiots start making A football political you're driving away what people need is the dopamine rush that says ah now I can just chill and not pay attention to the world outside because the world outside is kind of hairy to me and watching college football and watching NFL on Sunday is the stress reliever that people need when you start throwing in what's that guy's Max Kellerman and all his left-wing political stuff people like oh stop stop I didn't come here for this I get that everywhere else. I came here to watch sports and drink beer. That's it, that's it. I don't know what women do uh, to relieve the stress. I don't know, but I do know what men do. And that's why it has to, that's why it's so addictive to men on the weekends. And that's why they guard that time because it's their way to regenerate themselves. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's nuts. Uh, all right, so people, uh, we talked about that. Uh, you're quicker to raise your voice at a child or a spouse. You're more easily antagonized, says Don Carlson, management professor at Baylor. This can trigger a downward cycle of stress if spouses carry the effects back to work the next day, hurting the ability to concentrate and be productive. Spillover is especially hazardous to relationships if the employee is both passionate about a job and is set with succeeding it. Uh, seceding at it, says another recent study. Wendy Wisner of New York says her husband became so drained, depressed, and angry while teaching at a financially strapped public school that she worried about whether her marriage would survive. Teaching and working with students has been his lifelong passion, but he fa- faced so many classroom disciplinary problems with so little support from the administrators that he became irritable at home and began having panic, panic attacks. His tension made it harder to communicate at home. Nearly all the couple's all of the couple's family and household duties fell to her. I'm telling you. So he comes home. He wants to check out. He just wants, I don't know if he wants, he probably doesn't want to watch football. But a lot of men do. They don't want to do that crap. They want to come home and watch football. And it's, I'm, look, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying this is what happens to stressful uh, work. You bring it home. So now you want to check out of everything include talking to your wife and kids. Miss Whistner, a writer for parenting site Scary Mommy, was relieved when... After several years, he finally resigned and took a much less stressful job. His mood and temperate temperament became normal almost overnight. If that doesn't bring you almost it brings me almost to tears in my eyes. And the sad thing is those kids who needed this guy as his teacher are going to be without. But the problem is when you have top down education, bureaucracy and look, Bush and Obama. That's why I don't I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'll never be a socialist. But Bush and Obama, that 16 years were devastating, devastating to local district schooling. We know this. Uh, Bush did it with No Child Left Behind. Obama took the, the flag and ran with it and made it even worse, uh, where they were going after school districts for disciplinary actions that they were racial disparity. And we just got a report from the uh, Office of Civil Rights where the two naysayers, Gail Harriet and Peter Kersenow, said, this is insane. You guys are literally making crap up making crap up because the three of the five were appointed by obama uh two of the five were, were the republicans and they're making crap up for racial disparities in public school policing not police like you know arrest but policing up mis, uh, miscreants and mis, uh, misbehavior uh and so what's happening the racial disparities are causing the kids who don't engage in uh, problem classrooms, and which are mostly in the inner cities, which mean the minorities, the ones being affected by a few kids who are out of control. It just, is freaking nuts, dude. But I don't get, I don't blame, I don't just blame Obama, I blame it on Bush. No child left behind. Look, I fell off that hook on sank sinker myself. We have Dexter Manley graduating high school without being able to read his diploma. And we said, that can't happen. We've got to stop this. So what we do is we give the iron hand of the federal government, the authority to dictate what the schools in Milwaukee do. You just, you can't have that, man. The freaking people in D.C. don't know what the hell's going on in Milwaukee. And uh, and anyway, I fell for it. And then, of course, Obama, so because this one is under your guy, Bush, hey, You're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, I'll be good. You know, conservative, passionate, or what does he call it? Compassionate conservative or big uh, conservative big government. Nah, that will be good. Whereas, liberal big government is bad. Uh, big government is big government, man. It's got to be localized, local control at all times. Uh, having one partner find a new job to take the pressure off isn't always an option. Recent research shed lights on how couples can take control of their after-hour work time, adapt to inborn differences. Uh, some people have a fight or flight response to stress. When challenged, they may resort to fight and pull into a shell to calm themselves and abort. Or avo- and avoid starting a fight. Others have a tend or befriend response to stress, an impulse to seek comfort by approaching others to talk, says some lady, some professor. The tend and befriend response is more common among women, which tends to spark more arguments. Yeah, no. But men's stereotypical fight or flight response can be just as damaging if spouses read their withdrawal as emotional neglect. I, exactly. Understanding these physiological differences can help prevent after work spillover. It's funny. I remember when um, we were having some tough time. My wife's mom just died, and uh, that was tough. That was it, look. It was it was it's a challenge. I'll never forget that. And she seemed to, um, and this is just me, but she seemed to find more uh, peace in talking to her family than me. And that that was offensive to me. And um, and you know, look, I, I'm a pretty thin-skinned guy. I'm not gonna lie. And I, but there was a time that I said, look, I just, and I, in hindsight, um, it only made sense because she had memories to share with her family. But I felt like. How come she's not coming to me with this? And, and I don't, you know, I just look, I'm just, I'm an immature guy. No other way around that. But I was offended. I was, I was offended. And uh, and then we had a a neighbor die, and, uh, and she was, we were a, a good neighbor, Ruth, Miss Ruth, who was an older lady, and she died, or Victor, uh, Ruth and Victor, maybe they both did. I can't, I, anyway, you know, it was Ruth, Ruth died. I remember the ambulance would be called every now and again to the house. And we run over there in the middle the night to try to help out and stuff. Because, uh, you know, when you live in these, uh, you know, flyover countries, that's what you do. Your neighbor uh, has an ambulance come in. Her husband is an older man who basically can't walk without a cane. Uh, you go over there to try to, you know, while the ambulance is en route, you go over there to try to help out. Neighbors down the street would come. So we'd have this, you know, basically neighborhood meeting at uh, Ruth and Victor's house. And uh, you know, to help out whatever we could to hold an IV bag, to just be there console Victor. Um, it, the woman would be there to console Ruth because she they have to get her naked and stuff. And and uh anyway, when she died, um that was that was hard on our family for sure, because uh she was she was just a wonderful lady, you know, it was like a grandma uh, that we didn't have. And so long story short, um that that created some chaos because my wife uh is emotionally uh it, it hits her quickly. It didn't hit me quickly. It hit me uh, in a, a while. And I remember she didn't feel like I was emotionally with her at the same time. And I wasn't because it, it literally didn't hit me that quickly. It didn't. And um, and she was emotionally distraught. And I was not there yet. I wasn't saying get out of it. It wasn't like that. But she was emotionally distraught. And I wasn't yet. And I think she felt offended by that. And, and, and I'm putting words in her mouth. I don't know. But we had an issue. There was an issue there. And I remember she would call her friends and her sisters. And they would be there for her. And uh, she felt I wasn't there for her. And then when it finally hit me, uh, she was over it, and I had I didn't have anybody because I've always been a loner for the most part. And you know, I couldn't really talk about. I mean I talked my brother, but it's not quite the same. Um, I used to be able to talk to my mom quite a bit, and that was that was helpful. But um, those days are kind of gone now. So it was tough, man. It was tough. Um, and then when her mom died, I think she felt because Ruth died before her mom died. When her mom died, I felt I think she felt that I wasn't. Uh, Going to satisfy her emotional needs, and so she turned to what she turned to when Miss Ruth died, and I don't blame her. It was tough. It was a tough scenario, and on top of that, we were broke. Uh, it just—it was a tough scenario all the way around. It was tough, tough. We weren't like we weren't getting divorced or anything, but uh, that's two thousand five, six, four, three, two thousand four and five and six. It was a tough scenario, and uh, but that's the thing. You're dealing with human beings is always going to be There's never going to be freaking you know, roses, peaches and cream all the time. There's going to be times that you've got to stick in there. I'll just never forget I was teaching a course on VCU on a certified financial planning program down in Richmond. And we're coming from uh, Harrisonburg. So it's about a two hour drive over. Was it was 64, I think. And uh, during this time, because I need the money, they're going to pay me three thousand dollars for a semester teaching their CFP program down at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. And that was a time that was tough. And I just remember driving down there, thinking, uh, "Is this? Are we? Is this going to go worse?" And I'll never forget. It was, it was, uh, it was tough, man. It was tough. And I just driving there, going over 64, thinking, "Is this going to get worse or is this going to get better?" And uh, and just, but you know, you got to hang in there, man. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. Look, I, we're going to be 20 years here next uh, next month, my wife and I, and we were dating for five years previous to that. So we've been around. So. I've been with Charlotte more than I've been on this earth. All right. Uh I mean, more than half of my life on this earth has been with this one lady. And uh and we're stronger today than ever. But it hasn't always been like that. Ha- so if you're contemplating marriage, you got a significant other, just remember it's not all peaches and cream. It's not. And if you're fixing to get ready to get married, fix <laughs> I said fix. <laughs> I never said that mean. You gotta remember, man, it doesn't. It's, if you're thinking it's always going to be good, you're, you're wrong. There are going to be some hard times. Learn how to deal with it because some hard times you just got to hang in there. If you can just hang in there, it can be awesome. And just going back to the video I just posted with the arc of happiness, those hard times, you're starting here happy and your marriage. They can go down here and stress of kids, stress of jobs, stress of people dying, stress, stress, stress of just the same old, same old. You're with the same person. The stress is going to kick in down here. If you can just survive that, it will get better. It will get better. But not for everybody. Don't get substance. If it's substance abuse. It won't. I'm just telling you. But if you can just stay away from the booze and the dope and the pornography and just, I don't know, addiction to gambling and all that. If you can stay away from that, it will get better. Most likely. But you just got to get beyond that downward slope and come back up and you'll see a huge improvement. And you look back and say, man, I'm glad we survived because you know who you're married to and she knows who she's married to. Or you know who you're married to and he knows who he's married to, whatever you're coming to, But you just got to give it some time, give us some patience, give us some time if you need to give some space. Not saying get separated, but just say, OK, when you're ready, I'm here. All right. So Maddie Ray Cooper sometimes needs to vent her frustration after a tough day. Then I'm not holding it deep inside, allowing it to ferment and then explode, she says. Uh, she used to try to get her partner, Matt, to do the same, and it was bewildered bewildered when her attempts to get him talking just stressed him out more. In time, they realized the responses to stress were nearly opposite. Rather than venting, uh, Matt, a jazz musician and coffee shop barista, says he prefers to take time alone to relax and work on his music. The in, the insight enabled them to work out new patterns. When Miss Cooper needed a vent, she asked him. When he Matt needs a vent, he listens carefully. Uh, Matt says he listens carefully, offering help if needed, and she gives him space to decompress. Navigating work stress has been a defining point in our relationship that's <laughs> made us a stronger couple. Uh, that's Rachel and okay, it's not them. So let's talk about Rachel and uh, Nathaniel. Nathan's Davis. Uh, Davis's job as an engineer on a large infrastructure construction projects is extremely stressful. He and his wife, Rachel, used to bicker after work about small issues, such as forgetting an errand. We had all this friction in the family and it's hard to identify what the problem was, they said. And talking over, they realized they had different needs. Uh, Rachel's work as a business owner and career coach entails a lot of work online, leaving her eager to socialize after work. Uh, what's this guy nathan's work uh where he deals with people all the time needs alone time uh, this can't be our life forever where i want to go out and do things all the time and you don't says uh, rachel they adapted by changing the routine after rachel after rachel picks up the children uh from childcare, nathan assumes bath and bedtime duty freeing her to join in and take part in community service groups in the evening they also work hard on communication Taxing during the day to gauge each other's needs. If uh, if uh, Nathan is having a tough day, Rachel gives him free time by taking Fitz and Quinn to visit her mother after childcare. Uh, we have learned to be very direct with each other and uh, question things like, what do you need right now? That's good. Uh, let's see. Many people shed stress by doing something completely different right after work, uh, going to happy hour or the gym. Happy hour is concerned. Healthy couples also find a way to, uh, Uh, hit the reset button. And here we have a couple here. Annika and and Lily, each is free to pursue activities to unwind. All right, you get that. So um, you can read all that. Anyway, I thought that's pretty interesting. So what I was just going to say real quick, one of the things my wife is good at and I'm not, is she'll give me the silent treatment. She doesn't do it anymore, but man, she could sit there and just internalize for days, and I'd be like, oh my goodness, can we get beyond? I mean, it used to drive me insane. I'd be like, please, can we get beyond this? Can we just move forward? Because women, here's what men do, just for you women out there. Men fight, they yell, they men yell and scream and fight. They fight each other, fists, literally fists. And then about two hours go by, they're back, you know, being buddies. That's what men do. They do it, they get it on, and they move on. It's that simple. Not women. And so my... <laughs> She'd give me a silent treatment. I mean, it could be for days, and I'd be like, "Dude, kill me." And so, what I would try to do, I'd say, "Okay, I'm gonna get you back," and that lasts about thirty minutes, and I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. <laughs> she doesn't do it anymore, but man, that would Oh, I'd be like, if she wanted to get under my skin and make it count. She would just give me a silent treatment and she'd win every time I would say, please, what do I need to do to stop? I just don't care. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, it's just this, but you know, she knows that about me and I know that about her. I also know about her that when she has uh, guests coming over, whatever it may well be, she wants the house picked up. And I always said, I don't care. The house, I look at it right now, the house is fine. But she would come in here and people coming over, she goes, a mess. And she used to get nervous and we'd get big fights. It's like, it's just not that big of a deal. And finally, I just recognized this is what happens with maturity, my friends. And I used to get on, I said, I, you know, I, we used to fight and I used to pick on her, say, I'm not doing this just to piss her off, to pick up the house. Because I said, for me, it's not, not a, an issue. But she said it was an issue. So finally, I was able to get off my high horse, say, if it's an issue to her, it's an issue to me. And that's what you got to do. You can be a good husband or a good spouse, you got to say, or a good partner. Um, if, it's, if it's important to her, it needs to be important to you. You see what i'm saying and then i said okay no i got it so no matter what i do when we have people coming over even if it doesn't stress me out inherently it stresses her out so let me help out that by cleaning up without her having to tell me and then because of that it'll relieve the stress It'll relieve the tension because it's important to her inherently it has got to be important to me and she does the same thing for stuff for me too i don't know off the top of my head i, you know, I can't think of anything but i mean there's tons of oh, trust me i'm a problem child relative to her trust me on that my goodness if I didn't have old Star, I'd be living in a van down by the river, probably not even any pants on. I'd be pantless because I don't know how to take care of myself. You know, she came back from England, brought me this freaking chocolate covered toffee. If I was just me, I'd be no pants, living in a van down by the river with no gas in it, cell phone, uh, no, no battery charge. And I'd be just chowing on that toffee and I'd be happy as a clam until I ran out of toffee. Until I realized my predicament, I'm living in a van down by the river, no toffee, no cell phone, no, energy, no electricity, and I don't have pants. So I need my wife. i probably have a lot more than she needs me, to be honest with you. So I got the better end of this deal. Shh, don't tell anybody. But at the end of the day, that's what happens. When you get married and you're dealing with your spouse, you say to yourself, if it's important to her, it's important to me. And if you can do that, my friends, you'll be a lot better off. All right, I think I've went beyond my thing here. I'm not going to do the other topic here. Maybe I'll do another video on it. Um, but, uh, we, you know, if you want to read up on this, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you want to read on this other article um, about stress and burnout in Sweden, I'll do another video on that here in just a second. So hang in there. Um, stay tuned. What does this have to do with financial planning, Josh? If I want your advice, I go see, I don't know whatever. Because happy, financial planning is happiness, is marriage counseling. And I'm not saying I'm the guy to do it, but if you have a good marriage, if you have a happy home, it's better for your children, it's better for you, it's better for society. And part and parcel of that is financial worries. I know that for a fact, but they all flow to the same thing. If you divorce, your financial planning is going to take it on the chin. This is not debatable. This is not debatable. If you stay together in a happy relationship, you're going to be in a good place financially. It just, it's, they all flow together. Understand that. It's not separate. All right, we'll see you next time. Smash, smash the like button.